Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is, I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth that makes it feel special makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Do you want a bra that's sexy? or a bra that's comfortable. Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. 3rd Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. Welcome to Pantsuit Politics, where a woman from the right and a woman from the left accessorize the news with a fresh perspective. This is Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. Welcome to another episode of Pantsuit Politics. This is our special Friday episode called The Briefcase, where we share a listener feedback and send you into the weekend with one or two of our top stories. We also want to take a moment and thank everybody for the really great response to our last episode where Beth and I shared what I'm calling our political origin stories about why um, I'm a Democrat and why Beth is a Republican. Everybody was just really super kind and wonderful about um, that 
that um, segment, which we were feeling a little vulnerable sharing all our thoughts. But as always, our community was fabulous. And we also want to thank a couple special members of our community. Um, two weeks ago, we opened up our brand new website, paintsuitpoliticsshow.com. And on the website, you can become a supporter of the show, either through a one-time donation or by signing up for regular monthly donations. Now, not big ones, just like, you know, $5, a cup of coffee a month to share with us, theoretically or figuratively. I don't even know the right word. Um, But we've also had people just be really super supportive and give us several one-time donations. And we just want to thank Jackie and Caitlin and Sharon, top three VIPs, so generous. Thank you so, so much. That helps us cover the cost of producing Pantsuit Politics. And just makes us really feel warm and special. <laughs> yeah, it's really humbling, and we we just can't say thank you enough. I'm I'm right. always overwhelmed by the response to our show, and um, even more so now. Thank you so much. So we're both. I'm. A, I sound a little bit better than Monday. But Beth is breastfeeding, so she doesn't sound as good because she can't take all the good steroids and meds I took. No, so just if you'll bear with me again, I really appreciate it. (laughs) So with regards to the Friday feedback, we'll jump right in and share um, some of the really great insights our listeners have had over the the past couple events um, happening, usually in the presidential campaign. You guys write these really intense what I'm, I'm taking a calling treatises because I have. It's not like I can read them while my kids are yelling at me. I have to like stop, sit down, and process all of your smartness. Well, I feel like everyone is keeping it nuanced. I mean, oh, it's, so true. These are such thoughtful messages. So we heard from Lou in Pennsylvania about our Supreme Court discussion. Um, He commented on a couple aspects of the show. So uh, we talked a little bit on Tuesday about the polarization between the parties. And I think, Sarah, you were asking whether that really originated with social conservatism. And I think Lou agrees with you and Mm -hmm. and pointed us to um, a a book. And we'll link this up in the show notes about how um, it's false to think that both parties have contributed equally to this problem. Um, And the book kind of points to Newt Gingrich um, as as part of the source of of the extreme polarization going on right now. Um, You know, so I think that's interesting. I'm not going to get defensive about that. It it may very well be. I mean, I I tend to think well, that these I things go in cycles. Well, and I think that when we're talking about the harsh um, polarization within the Republican Party, we're not talking about you and all our awesome listeners that are like nuanced, fabulous conservatives. We're talking about like, I feel like Newt Gingrich gave birth to the Tea Party. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this sort of strategy is how you end up with the inmates running the asylum talking to you, Ted Cruz. Well, and today I think it may have less to do with Newt Gingrich and colleagues and more to do with the conservative media and sort of the Mm. rise of conservative celebrity. And we've Mm -hmm. touched on that before, so I don't want to get too sidetracked, but it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. Appreciate the comment. Um, The other thing I really appreciated about Lou's email is that he um, really took issue with both of our characterizations of Justice Roberts. Um, 
you know, he talked about how Justice Roberts in the Affordable Care Act decision um, substantially narrowed the understanding of the Commerce Clause that has existed for some time. And then um, and also talked about sort of his agenda on the court. You know, I I think there is a lot of interesting stuff to unpack here, but partly because like I went to law school and enjoy unpacking this kind of thing. For somebody who is not so into case law, what I would say is I sort of feel like it's a good thing when no one is 100% happy with a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, I agree. Or a decision even. Right. I think they're, you know, I used to do divorce work when I first got out of law school, which was miserable actually. And I totally respect the people who do that for a living. That was not me. But I would tell clients, you know, if we have this adjudicated, if you don't settle, a good judge is going to make sure that you both leave unhappy because then there's a fair result. And so uh, that's an oversimplification. But I feel like um, it doesn't we should take issue with some of what these justices are doing because, again, they should be above politics. So anyway, really appreciated that thoughtful feedback from Lou. I won't take us all um, down like the dormer, dormant commerce clause route <laughs> today, but but yeah. it was fun to read and um, and we will respond um, probably more thoughtfully than this uh, back to Lou via, via email. Yeah, we need a whole episode on the Supreme Court. There, I mean, there's a lot to say for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, one of our number one star listeners, and I say that because I've known her since we were in kindergarten, Lori, um, uh, asked us about the the now infamous Jeb gun picture tweet. For anyone um, who did not see this, Jeb's Twitter account tweeted a picture of a um a, some sort of handgun. I am so far from an expert. All I know is that it was a gun you can hold in your hand. So I think that's what makes it a handgun. <laughs> that, um, that is more than I could have said about it. <laughs> yeah. And not my, not my forte. And it was monogrammed, like said Governor Jeb Bush across the top. Again, something I did not know was a thing. Um, I, I mean, I'd be offended if I cared more, but I'm not sure I really even care that much. Well, the worst thing is they captioned it America, period. Oh, I didn't even, I missed that. Yeah, it's it's a picture of a gun with his name on it, captioned America. And oh, if anybody geez. has spent five minutes listening to Jeb Bush talk, that picture and that caption seems so divorced from who yeah, he is now as that a person. Is true. I think that's the worst part. Agreed. If Ted Cruz tweeted that, you'd be like, all right. I mean, I wouldn't like it, but it wouldn't feel so dissonant to me. I just, I don't know what they're doing. Jeb is a great guy, I think. They should have been tweeting out that sweet moment of him on the circuits with his granddaughters. That's what yes, they should have been tweeting out. Yes, that seems Man. real, right? I mean, oh, it's so sweet. The way he, you could just, you know, you can just tell the way kids interact with somebody, the way somebody totes a kid around, like whether they do it on the reg and he's definitely toting those little granddaughters of him as his around on the regular loved it super sweet i loved it too and what i didn't like on the surf the circus was his communications director telling um telling mark mckinnon that 
you know, Kasich has no chance in South Carolina because he's too liberal. That doesn't uh, sound like a thing Jeb Bush believes for a second. No, that's ridiculous. It's the falseness of it that's so frustrating to me. And, I, I you know, I need to stop because I have been so <laughs> ugly about the people working for him. But I am just angry. They're running. Right to Rise is running this commercial. You know, I watched Morning Joe in the mornings. And uh, they've been running this commercial for a couple of weeks. And it's Donald Trump as an ice sculpture. And it's basically walking through all of the ways in which Donald Trump is not conservative. And the ice sculpture is melting, melting, and then it comes down. And then there's a big screen of with Jeb on it. Who is that for? <laughs> I'm serious. Who is moved by that? I don't understand. I, I don't know. I just don't understand. I mean, I just feel like you might as well take all that donor money and light it on fire. They could give it to us. This is an also an idea. <laughs> so in other news, with the Republican Party imploding on itself. <laughs> I'm just, it just, can I just say, can I say, now it could arguably be the what loads of meds and sickness in our system right now. Or really, have we reached the part in this campaign where we're just like, <laughs> all we can do is laugh. I alternate oh. between laughing about it and being in tears. So uh, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump just keep getting uglier with each other. And, and I think that's because it looks to be a two-man race at this point. Uh, Kasich and Rubio are pulling behind them, but way behind them. And all of the establishment types like yours truly want that to mean something. And it just, I don't think it does right now. So um, Trump has threatened to sue Ted Cruz over an an ad that shows Trump as a pro-choice individual. Um, It's an old meet the press interview. Trump kind of oddly has threatened to sue him because that's defamation, which is a a hard one for me to understand. When there's video footage? Yeah. Right. I'm confused. And, And so then Ted Cruz held this press conference and was very like macho. Hey, I want to depose Donald Trump myself. It just is devolving. And then Trump got into it with the Pope today. The Pope said that Trump's remarks have been unchristian and Trump said that was ridiculous. And it's it's so ugly. The other thing that we've been asked about quite a bit over the past couple of days is what I think about Nikki Haley endorsing Marco Rubio. A very serious character flaw that I have is that when I really like someone like I like Nikki Haley, I want them to have the same taste in people that I do. And I get really disappointed when they don't. And so... Listen, I've ended friendships because people didn't read Harry Potter, so... I really appreciate you saying that. I, I feel bad about there my are reaction to this. And, and I really do like Nikki Haley. I'm really encouraged by Nikki Haley. I loved her response to the State of the Union. So I am having a hard time with this one because I just don't like Marco Rubio. Now, I do. I get it. I understand why she did this. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense for her. I think it 
I understand the people in the party who think Marco Rubio is the way to go here. I think they are wrong about that. I think they will regret it, but I get it. And I like the picture of these two people who aren't just your typical picture of conservative. There, there are good things here and they're both talented. It's not that I think Marco Rubio has no redeeming qualities. I don't think he's ready to be president. Mm -hmm. So I'm not excited about this. It's it just seems like a political calculation. The other thing I think about it is that the timing of it, it it feels like the whole party is speaking through her. This choice yeah, I mean, in South Carolina is it, it felt less like an endorsement of Marco Rubio and more like a uh, decision to dismiss Jeb Bush. Yeah, I mean, it seems like I, t- I told Beth, before we started, that 538 has a cover story of the establishment is picking Rubio, basically. And it seems to it seems to pivot off this Nikki Haley endorsement. Right. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I'm not feeling good about things. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and Jean has you covered. We've talked about Olive and Jean's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are gonna last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and Jean also has press-ons if you want. What I love though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. 
This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash pantsuit. It's really weird because I feel like this week and kind of pivoting into the Democratic race, I feel like this week, like Bernie's had a lot of problems. He's had some FEC violations. He's had surrogate problems. There's stories that he was busing white people in to go to the historically black college and university speeches he was doing, like all these things. And I never know if it's um, just sort of my my pro Hillary group of people I follow <laughs> or if there's actually something happening, but the, you know, according to the poll polls, which, and when I say polls, what I mean is what Nate Silvers tells me to think about the polls, just so I'm always clear on that. Um, he went, he took Nevada from 50, 50 shot. Hillary wins it to 75% likely Hillary wins it. And she's at 99% in South Carolina. So I, I'm, I don't know about, um, Bernie's path forward right now. But I feel like just with both sides, with Bernie, it just seems like things were kind of shifting in this week in which I was just sort of waiting for the next race. And then things started changing kind of suddenly. It's really hard for me to tell because I think it's more interesting for the media when things are constantly shifting. So I can't decide how real that is. We'll have more clarity this weekend. That's true. Well, there was the, um, we had another really great sort of listener question that leads into some of the, one of the issues that Bernie was having this week, which was about identity politics. Michael wrote to us and um, sort of asked about, you know, he, he loves Hillary, but he never really thinks about it her in his mind as because she's a woman and sort of the way he felt like about Obama never really had, you know, had this identity politics um, framework to really think about them. And he says, how much do you feel we as voters should approach attributes to a candidate that are outside their control? Do you want, I'll let you start, Beth. I've got hours worth, so you should probably start. Well, I don't know, Michael. I'm, I'm working through this myself. So a couple of months ago, I would have said, Absolutely no weight should be attributed to um, identity politics. You know, I, I, I'm a meritocracy kind of person. I look at the world and see that when someone is placed in a position solely based on filling a demographic, usually that puts an inordinate amount of pressure on that person and it attaches mm-hmm. all kinds of symbolic importance and it sets up, it almost sets the person up for failure. So that's my historic perspective. I'm finding that shifting for me in part because of this race and in part because of some other things I'm observing just in my life. One of the biggest 
tugs on me with Hillary Clinton right now. And, and, you know, I have a lot of issues with Hillary Clinton, but I have a five-year-old daughter who is curious and smart and feisty and uh, asks great questions all the time. So the news is on in our house a lot. And she asks what's going on. And it's wonderful. And we talk about it. And so with the presidential race, she she knows a lot about the candidates and kind of has the uh, short version of how we feel about this candidate. So Donald Trump will come on the TV Mommy, you don't want him to be president, right? Right. Why is that, Mommy? Because he's not kind and respectful. You know, that's kind of how we discuss these things. So the first time we saw Hillary Clinton, she said, Mommy, do you want her to be president? And I said, no, I really don't, Jane. Why not? Because I'm not sure that she tells the truth all the time. Okay, Mommy. So we see her again later, and, and Jane says, Mommy, I think I want her to be president. And I said, oh, I think that's great that you have your own opinion, Jane. Why, why do you want her to be president? Because she's a girl, and I think we need a girl president. Oof. Tell him, Jane. And Tell it, him. It just it, – and, and now she's to the point where she claps when she sees Hillary Clinton on television because it's a girl, and she wants a girl president. And she's five. I'm getting her a T-shirt. That settles it. It hurts Watch me. Your <laughs> it, it Watch your mailbox. Watch your mailbox. It's coming. It really hurts me to think about what would it, what effect on her life would it have for her to grow up knowing no different than a female president? Oh, that brings. I keep thinking this is silly, but have you seen the video of? Um, oh, what's her name? Da- what's Dak Shepard's wife's name? Kristen Bell, when she sees the sloth for the first time, or she like knows the sloth is nearby and she just has a total emotional fall apart meltdown. Have you ever seen this video? It's really funny. We'll link to it. But she goes hysterical just because she's like sloths her whole life. It's really stupid. But her emotionalness of like, (laughs) it just, that's what I think of every single time. Like somebody talks about actually having a female president. It just, it sends me into... I just, I can't, I can't, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, we picked it's- up, a, so, so they celebrated President's Day at school this week, and we picked up her folder of work today, and there's George Washington with cotton balls stretched out for hair on top, and um, she's telling me about President's Day, and it and it made me think again about whether I need to really examine how important it is to me to have a female president, even if it's one that I disagree seriously with on policy and have some personal questions about as well. It, I think that Jane growing up knowing Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton as presidents oh. is it. I haven't spent enough time considering how that will shape her worldview and her opportunities and her feeling about her own confidence. And I don't mean to make this all about my daughter, but it's not about my daughter, right? And she's just getting me to see something that I haven't seen before. And frankly, I find it a lot more compelling than what Gloria Steinem and Madeleine Albright have to say about this. But it makes me better understand where they're coming from. So I, you know, this is not very helpful, I think, because I'm just struggling with this. I have always believed that this should not be a deciding factor. And I'm finding myself really conflicted about it. Well, um, I can say that I've never struggled with this. (laughs) Um, I mean, 
I can tell you, grow, and I talk about this a lot. I when I was growing up in Paducah, we had a female mayor. It's really the only mayor I remember. Her name was Jerry Montgomery. She's still alive. She's like five foot two, hella feisty, really awesome. Was a very strong, very popular mayor, and I really think it shaped my political ambitions. I really think. Knowing my whole life, seeing my town being led by a woman affected me, I think, in a very important, positive way. And I think that, I guess, when he asked, how do you feel we as voters should approach attributes to a candidate that are outside their control? I think it make it takes the identity of a human being and makes it, you know, this sort of objective factor. But it's not. It affects everything about you. Gender affects everything about you and race affects everything about you. These aren't just, you know, we can't No, we're not pieces of a puzzle that we can just take a piece off and say, Oh, let's just treat Hillary Clinton separate from her gender. Doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And it affects everything about her. And the fact that she's a woman affects everything about how you feel about her, whether you want to admit it or not. And so this, you know, the Bernie issue we were talking about, apparently Killer Mike, who one of the earliest Bernie supporters, um, an Atlanta-based rapper, came out and said at an event, he was quoting Jane Elliott, who's the internationally known educator who did the brown eyes, blue eyes experiment. And he said, but I talked to Jane Elliott a few weeks ago, and Jane said, Michael, a uterus doesn't qualify you to be president of the United States. And it just goes to this whole, oh, you can't vote for her just because she's a woman. Gloria Steinem and Madeleine Albright were saying just because she's a woman, you should vote for her. I don't think that's what they're saying. I don't think that's what it's certainly not what I've ever said, even though people have accused me of saying that. It's just so frustrating to me that these issues of identity politics, we lose all our nuance. No one's saying just because Hillary Clinton is a, a woman. I support Hillary Clinton for a lot of reasons, and there's a lot of reasons to support her. The woman was Secretary of State. She was this, the first female senator from the state of New York. She was a first lady. She's been in the, I mean, she's went to Yale. She's got this long history. She's got all kinds of things that you can or cannot like about her. But I think, you know, as a piece of, of all of this, as this sort of framework, you have to think Hillary Clinton is going to feel differently about things because she's a woman. She's going to lead differently. And she certainly showed that in the state department because she's a woman. And there's all this, you know, there's, it's not just about her. I mean, there's studies, and studies and studies that women lead differently than men. They just do. You know, whether they're running boards of directors or whether they're running nonprofits or whether they're running mutual funds or whether they're running the country. Because it's your identity is huge. It's not just this, oh, identity politics, you know, we'll just, this is like this separate conversation. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like it's so fundamental, fundamental to everything that you are as a human being that it has to be fundamental to how we think about these human beings when we're voting for them. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, 
And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. I read this really interesting article this week about um, why retention of women in private practice in the legal industry is so difficult. And the conclusion of the article was that women don't leave law firms at an irrational rate. Men stay at an irrational rate. Mm, Fascinating. I thought so, too. And as I was reading it, it made me realize that a whole lot of efforts aimed at in, in every industry aimed at the promotion of women and people of color kind of take the approach of like, we need to help you work your way to the table yep. instead of we need to change the table to accommodate your valuable perspective. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing I've been thinking about 
in connection with women in politics and not just Hillary Clinton, but women in politics generally, because I think there's this feeling anytime you're trying to promote women that that we have to help them get there. So the idea that someone would vote for Hillary Clinton because she's a woman is like, um, oh, I'm sorry that you have this working against you. So I'm going to give you some extra credit for it. Yeah. Instead of valuing, as you're saying, the fact that women lead differently, there's a different perspective there. And that's a valuable perspective. It's not that we're bringing some poor person along. It's that we're finally expanding our thinking enough to realize this person's bringing something unique and um, important to the office. Well, and for me, you know, with regards to the hiring thing, it's not just that the problem, right, is that we've been pushing women to climb the corporate ladder, but we haven't been offering men the ability, the valuing caretaking as a profession, you know, as a life pursuit and allowing them to do that in equal measures. Like, right, we can't just push women into quote unquote men's world without allowing men to come into the women's world as well. You know, like, I, and so I think with regards to particularly female in politics, I don't think that you're going to do that. I don't think you're going to see this um, sort of equal weight given to quote unquote women's issues until you have women in there just treating them like issues. Like I don't want another president who has to have a woman tell him why killer Mike shouldn't have said that or why women shouldn't like why education is important and why we need paid family leave. Like I just feel like when it's a woman you there and I'm not saying all women, but I think for, you know, it's, these studies with regards to a female leadership in politics, even conservative women are, are valuing issues that sort of stereotypically are not conservative issues because they understand why they're important in a woman's life. I mean, there's just a man is never going to know what it's like to be a woman and to understand these sort of issues that are important. And I'm just so tired of them being treated as like the second tier of things. Like we'll get to education in the debate if we have time after foreign policy. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm tired of it. I just don't want to be treated like this special side issue anymore. Well, so I was reading an article um, on identity politics, just thinking through this issue and the author, and we'll link this up in the show notes too, because this this is a woman saying that young women should support Bernie Sanders because his policies will ultimately help women more than Hillary Clinton's policies. And and I know that's a whole show in and of itself, oh, right? But, but one thing she said that I thought was an interesting, although maybe misleading example, is she talked about how George Bush used um, identity, George W. Bush used identity politics by placing Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell in their positions and how having the most diverse leadership team that the White House had seen was not progressive. So the idea that identity politics always lead to progressive action is false. Now, I I would argue very much the point. This is the problem, right? Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell were eminently brilliant and qualified Mm -hmm. people. So it's so reductive 
to think yeah. of them in those positions as an identity politics move. It and, is. It's, it, that's so true. It's like the knee jerk is this reductive position of reducing them to just that. Like you can't talk about that being important without it becoming just about that. She's just because she's a woman. Yeah, that's so true. And that's what's happening with Hillary Clinton, right? And so Ugh. it's so Michael, I think our conclusion and Sarah, tell me if I'm stating this incorrectly, but I think that we agree about this. I think the conclusion is that identity is relevant, but not dispositive. Mm-hmm. So the policies are the most important thing, but but some weight can be attributed to the perspective that a person with a different life experience than every other person who's held that position to date might have. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Whew. <laughs> Talk about issues that just get you kind of emotionally. It really does. Up. And I'm going to put this video. I hope some people listening know this video that I'm talking about because that is going to be me if she gets all the way to the end and we have a, our first female president. Oh, man. It just gets me all riled up. It really, really does. And I think my but, feeling about that will continue to evolve. Um, I, I, I still... I'm not going to say that Hillary Clinton is my first choice. Far from it. <laughs> but the way the Republican field is shaping up, it doesn't supporting her doesn't seem like a remote possibility to me. And I think the RNC needs to be very concerned that lots of Republican women will line up behind Hillary Clinton if yep. a Ted Cruz or a Donald Trump emerges as the nominee. Yep. Yep. I agree. I'm sorry, we have to go now so I can go order Jane a Hillary Clinton t shirt. <laughs> She'll love it. She'll be so excited. I'm totally doing it. I'm so doing it. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Paint Soup Politics. We love having all of you catch us on Twitter, catch us Paint Soup Politic, catch us on Facebook, sign up for our email where we send out um, our show notes and every new episode gets delivered directly to your inbox. And we share unique content occasionally. So you can sign up. It's pinned to the top of our Facebook and Twitter pages. And until next week, keep it nuanced, y'all. Bye.